Welcome to this episode of What's FABQ. Customization is the new buzzword in sports shoes. In fact, a pair of Air Jordans customized by Drake recently sold on eBay for more than $100,000. Well, <laughs> but you don't have to pay that much to get your own fashion footwear. A lot of people will send pictures of a certain type of design that they want, or they'll send like a pottery design or a painting that they thought was pretty cool. And they'll be like, can you do something that looks like it's inspired by this? Today, learn how you can put a pair of this Native American artist's creations on your feet and have your own unique shoes with your dream pattern. It's What's Up ABQ. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. Welcome to Season 5 of What's Up ABQ. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay. Ryan could not make it today, but that doesn't stop us from having another episode. Today we have... Uh, Tristan Mexicano. And I'm the creator and founder of Different Breed Customs. So Tristan, tell us a little bit about what Different Breed Customs is and tell us a little bit about how you got started doing that. For Different Breed Customs, it's basically a shoe customizing business off of Instagram that I started a little over a year and a half ago. And all it is is basically me um, working on shoes and putting different designs with a native twist on each one of the shoes. So I've done stuff for basketball players, for cross-country runners, or just for casual type of wears. Yeah, so all I do is basically have someone text me, ask what they want or what kind of colors they would want on a shoe, and then I just blend it together and give them something that they were hoping to put on their feet. So do you have a certain type of shoe that you work with specifically or that you like a lot more than other types, or do you do all types? I don't really like to limit myself. I like to work on all shoes. So there's a lot of people that do Air Forces, but a lot of the people that I talk to that are pretty good or have like a pretty big Instagram following. They tell me not to do that because that's pretty played out or a lot of people do it. But Air Forces are pretty easy to work on. So I like working on those. Now, you obviously had to get started somewhere. Was there just a, a day where you woke up and were like, yeah, this could be a cool idea? Or how did you get started kind of with the idea? And then how did you take it from idea to like, yeah, I'm going to do this? It took like two years, I think, to build it up because... My senior year of high school, I was just drawing on my shoes or using a Sharpie to write my nephew, my niece's names on there or my brother's names. And so I was doing that and people thought it was pretty cool because I was drawing little faces or stuff like that on there. And then when I got into college for my cross country season, I was basically doing the same, but with more, I guess, intricate art on there. And so my friends would tell me to try it. They would show me videos. And I would look on Instagram and see it a lot because NBA players have a lot of custom shoes. So I remember trying it out. And then I did a feather on a Kobe before. And I remember when my friend played in those, it got a pretty good amount of attention. So a lot of people asked me to try it for them. And so I think I had like six orders by that time, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. So I just tried to learn more and see how far it went. And that's when I started to do it. And so tell everybody again, like what your Instagram is. And if they were looking to like order or they wanted to see your work or talk to you about like, hey, I want a custom design done. How would they get a hold of you? And kind of what does that process look like? Uh, my Instagram is different breed customs, like I said, or it's different.breed.05. And <clears throat> usually people will tell me how to get their shoes done by messaging me. 
So they'll usually send me a message like, hey, can you work on this shoe? And then they'll send me a picture of the shoe. And then I'll ask like what colors they want or what they want. And a lot of people will send pictures of like a certain type of design that they want. Or they'll send like a pottery design or a painting that they thought was pretty cool. And they'll be like, can you do something that looks like it's inspired by this? So I'll come off of that. And it's the same way off Facebook. And Facebook's basically the same name too. So everyone just does that. Or if it's in person, they'll like Google it and then they'll show me what they want. Or they'll show me a shoe that they like. And then they'll be like, can you make that sh- my shoe look like this shoe? Like that type of colorway. So do you have any type of, um, and I don't know anything about customizing shoes, so forgive me, sorry if I sound kind of silly, but what kind of art supplies do you use? What kind of supplies do you use to, to do this for people? Because that would be something where I would be like, you know, how does it stay on the shoe? Do you wash it? Like, how does that work? Before painting, it's like an hour of prep time. So it's a lot of acetoning. So acetoning and cotton swabbing the shoe and just doing a lot of that. And for the paint, I use Angelus leather paint. So if it's like a cloth shoe, I use a reducer or just try to make it a little smoother of a paint. And so I just brush it on like that. It takes like five or six coats before I'm done and then just finish it. So I know that we were kind of talking about how you like to take things that are native influenced and culture. Like what has your growing up in native culture done to influence your art? I think it's done a lot because I wasn't really raised in the city. So my whole childhood was like with livestock or seeing people make rugs or blankets or jackets, stuff like that. And seeing, um, going to a Gallup flea market or Shiprock and seeing all those painters there. So I would see that. And so it was just like my friend over at Reclaim Designs, he was saying as a kid, he would uh, see those spider or Star Wars and he would draw native designs on those. So I did pretty much the same when I was in middle school, which people thought was pretty weird, but I thought it was kind of cool. So I would do the same for like Spider-Man or Star Wars. And so when it came to shoes, it was kind of like a second nature to put that together with like something from today all the way back to what my grandma or my mom taught me. So your grandma and your mom influenced a lot of what you do as far as art or just in general? Basically just my grandma because she was into jewelry and stuff like that. My mom's She's always telling me, my nephew, my niece, that she isn't good at drawing. Yeah, but she really listens to a lot of music. So I think that's what helps me a lot too. Because every time I paint, I listen to a lot of music. I'm going to go one question deeper. What kind of music do you like? Uh, I listen to a lot. So like her, she's one of like a 70s kid. So she likes to listen to like Journey, basically ACDC, stuff like that. So I had that. And then I had my brother's influence, which was like rap. So I guess like... Dr. Dre, Nas, stuff like that. And then my generation is like Kanye, stuff like that. And then you had my grandma who was into the country stuff. So I listened to like George Strait, Blake Shelton, a lot of that. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good range of like a lot of different influences. That's like a little bit of everything, which is super cool. You said your brother's into like, you said, mentioned the hip hop that he's into. And I'm like, okay, he's probably about my age then. Cause that's now that's considered old school, but (laughs) making me feel a little bit old right now, but that's okay. So I wanted to actually ask you too, like, what do you think the future of native art is in New Mexico? Because that's a big one. I know that there's a lot of Native American culture and influence, but there's a new generation coming up. It's changing a little bit and we're seeing more of it and it's coming to the forefront. Like, what do you think the future looks like? Uh, I'd say probably clothing. Because I see a lot of people wearing the new native clothes or like they'll put the native pattern on flannels and stuff like that. And I don't really see a lot of people my age making blankets or even the music anymore. 
I see a lot of people do um, like the peyote meetings and stuff still, but it's kind of dying out. So I'd say pretty much clothing. It's like the best option. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I've been kind of keeping track and I and obviously I'm not a native New Mexican. Like I grew up in Oregon and I moved here when I was a teenager. Um, so it's like a it's like a totally foreign thing to me. You know, I grew up with, um, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, Oregon's not that exciting compared to New Mexico, really. It's rainy all the time <laughs> and there's not a lot of color. So I guess my question for you is, what do you hope the future looks like maybe like 5, 10, 15 years out? Like, what is something that you want to give from your generation to future generations with art and with just creativity in general? I guess just whatever they thought was weird, like now whatever someone's getting bullied for, that it could end up helping them make money or something just to provide for their family. Because I remember I started drawing because we were moving all over the place. So that was something that helped me like take my mind off of everything. So I think it would be pretty cool if my art shows kids now that even a small distraction that they think won't help them now is going to end up helping them later in life. For sure. And then do you have, if somebody is like, maybe they're thinking about trying to do something with their art or they're thinking about starting to do something, maybe they're not confident yet in what they're doing. Do you have any advice for them as far as like, how do you get started and, and sort of what they should know? That's kind of hard. It took, Question, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, took me, it took me a while to get used to, especially like starting the Instagram page. I didn't, really didn't want to do that because <laughs> I thought my art wasn't that good. But eventually I feel like you gain the confidence or if you get enough, I guess if you have like family support or as long as you like make something for someone younger that they like, I feel like that'll give you confidence because it took me making a shoe for my niece to make me really want to keep going. I think sometimes artists, we're hardest on ourselves. Like you hear it from other people. They'll say, oh, your work's really good. Or, oh, this is really good. Or you're really good at this. But we're really hard on ourselves when it's like you want to put your work out into the world and let other people use it. I think we're really critical of ourselves. Um, so I think it's really brave that you like took the chance and you're like, you know what? Okay, like I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's not a, It's not an easy jump to take. So tell me a little bit about Instagram. I know that at least in what I've seen, Instagram is kind of changing the game in the way you sell things and the way you market to people. How has Instagram been a tool for you to kind of get your work out there? I like Instagram way more than any other platform because like Facebook, it's just like people that will waste your time. So they'll message you like, hey, I want to get this done. And so I'll ask when they want to get it done. And then it's like three straight messages of just me like, hey, do you want to still meet up? Stuff like that. But on Instagram... It's so easy to grow because you could get a tag or something like that. Because I remember I worked on a Giannis Antetokounmpo shoe and that one got featured on like three huge Instagram pages that like share everything about Giannis and they like that. And then I remember I connected with some people that were like really big on Instagram. So that helped me get like 500 followers like that same night. So that was pretty cool. And then... I guess like making shoes for like college players or people across like another country, like in Canada, which I've done like four shoes for. I feel like Instagram helps a lot with that. Yeah, I, it's interesting because it's like, I feel like people used to only use Instagram to like take pictures. Oh, hey, look at this really cool sandwich I ate today or, <laughs> you know, or like, here's my dinner or like, hey, look at this sunset or whatever. But I feel like Instagram now has become this whole different animal where it's like it's evolved into like not just pictures, but you can sell things, you can market yourself, you can reach out. You know, it's great because I always and Ryan's not here today, but 
that's one of the ways that we talk to people. Like when we find out who we want to interview or people ask us, Hey, can, you know, I'd love to interview on your podcast. It's always through Instagram. We don't use really anything else. So it's really cool to see how Instagram has that reach and you can get that audience and you can get people like engaged and interested in what you're doing. And all of a sudden you have this captive audience right in front of you. And it's like, you can just click a button, (laughs) you know, it's really neat. So tell me a little bit about your background. I know we talked a little bit about what you're doing, but what's your background? Are you going to school or kind of what's, what's your background and and what's the future look like for your business? Last year I was a part of cross country for college, but then I decided that was too much because I wanted to work at the same time to like help out my mom and stuff like that. So right now I'm basically just working and going to school, trying to get a bachelor's in um, early childhood education while also running my business and taking care of my niece and my nephew. That's awesome. So I'm actually going to I'm actually going to ask you some questions about that because my husband was a teacher at Highland High School for a long time. We're going to take this conversation a different direction for a minute because I'm really curious. What made you decide you wanted to get into early childhood education because that is a huge thing in New Mexico. We need so many good teachers. We need them. Please, you guys, if you are a teacher and you're thinking about leaving, stay here. We need you. <laughs> Please stay here. So what kind of got you started on that trajectory? Oh, uh, my mom's actually a teacher, so I thought it was pretty cool that she was doing that. Like, most of the friends I made were basically from her class because I was always hanging out in her class when I was younger. So all the kids there were pretty much older than me. And then uh, it was basically my niece and my nephew, too, because when my mom was working or, like, she was on, uh, like, those business meetings when they got to go to, like, Denver or something, basically go with her and then uh, do my homework while also teaching my niece and my nephew how to do theirs. And then my senior year, I had a student worker job, and that was basically me working in the second grade classroom. And I was just helping out the teacher there, like tutoring or checking their work to see where they messed up. And then I would help them while she was like helping the other kids. So it'd be split up in like three parts. So I would help them, and I thought it was pretty cool to like help the kids or talk with them, stuff like that. Do you have any certain subject that you want to teach, or are you kind of just like feeling it out at this point? I'm feeling it out, but definitely not math because I really, <laughs> I'm not really good at math. <laughs> I can understand. That. I am, I am not a math person, and anybody that's like, I love math, I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it is not fun. Anyway, so we are at about our halfway point. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back. If you want a new job, Goodwill has a free service to help you find it. Need to learn interview skills or create a resume? We offer free training too. And we have a huge network of employer partners across New Mexico, local companies that are hiring right now. Ready for a new job? Don't hesitate. A perfect job is waiting for you. And help to find it is free. Good will it. And we're back. Uh, and today, uh, so it's just me. Ryan is actually out today. But I wanted to um, say thank you for listening. And I wanted you to go ahead and introduce yourself one more time. Uh, my name is Tristan Mexicano. And I'm the founder and creator of Different Breed Customs on Instagram. So we were talking a little bit before about how Instagram sort of affects business and how it's become this tool that like people are using to sell sell things and, and kind of just make it, which is great. What would you like to see happen in the future for your business? What are you kind of looking looking forward to? I really want to work with like more people just to, or like more people, we could both like help each other grow. Like my friends over at Reclaim Designs, they've been really helping me grow because no one in my family really taught me how to do anything like with a business. So it was pretty cool to see them. So I thought it would be nice to uh, work with them on something. 
So just, I guess more... He's a welcome visitor. <laughs> we have a visitor. We've got a big fluffy dog visiting us real quick. I guess uh, something like with more collabs or working with, I guess, like basketball players or more college players or an NBA player would be pretty cool. Nice. So I think that you, it seems, it seems like you have a really good kind of like goal you're set. And then do you have any ideas on how you want to give back to the native community? Like once you kind of get up and rolling and, and maybe you become a little more successful with your business? I've actually talked with this with uh, one of the guys that helped me start my Instagram. Uh, his name is Daniel, Daniel Vanderbilt, and he made a book. We we're talking about it because I see him doing a lot of speeches at schools. So I thought that would be pretty cool for me to do something like that eventually when I get a little bigger or like have a better influence so I was thinking something like that or to show kids or at the moment me and my girlfriend are just trying to like do customs on uh, like those shoes from the thrift stores or stuff that people donate we're trying to customize those or clean them up to make them look new and just drop them off at people who need them so we were trying to like increase that but it's pretty slow and since we're college kids it's kind of hard to like get money to buy all of those shoes and you know, we don't really have that much time. So I wanted to make more time for that order just to be able to like donate more shoes to people that really need it. So if the community could help you guys in finding these supplies, how could they help you? What, what, what are the things that you guys need the most that maybe the community could help you do? I'd say just donating like some shoes in, I guess, kid sizes or any sizes below like 10. That way we could help out, just customize them and just give it out to like random schools or schools that I went to, like Mariano Lake or uh, Pueblo Pintado schools over there, just to be able to help them out. Because when you go that way, it's always kids wearing their basketball shoes around school and then they're just playing in it. And then by the end of the year, there's a hole through it. So just helping them get more supplies that they need. So if people want to donate shoes and they want to get a hold of you, um, is the best way to get a hold of you on Instagram? Would that be the best? Cool. So if you, Albuquerque, have extra shoes that are in good shape, maybe they're used just a little but not much, or you have you want to go out and buy new shoes and donate them, um, get a hold of Tristan because that would be a really good thing for the community. It'd be really cool. And uh, we can definitely help out with that too. So get a hold of us, get a hold of Tristan. We're happy to do that. Let's get some shoes on some kids' feet. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you too... Um, you know, because obviously you introduced yourself in Navajo at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about how your culture has influenced you and then also kind of what the things in Navajo culture and the communities you think are the biggest needs right now. With influencing, I'd say it's a lot because it kind of keeps me away from a lot of stuff because some people like an owl or a snake on the shoe. And so as in or with the way I was taught, I wasn't supposed to like draw anything like that or even look at them or even be near them or like a snake skin I can't touch that so it's kind of like set back a lot of things especially when people want to work on like Kobe shoes so like the Kobe 6 that's like an all snake skin type of shoe so I can't even work on those or seeing like the basket designs as a kid like all the meanings behind it or the sacred mountains the arrowheads all that so I would take in mind what those mean how it's supposed to be represented so i would always put that in a shoe or if someone asked for it i'd be like do you know the meaning behind that first and it's like i can't do that because of this reason so i'll always have a reason for that and for uh what i would want to see more people do i guess is just having a better or more opportunities because out on the res it's always like just uh gas stations or bashes which is like our walmart that's like all we have especially like where my mom lives we have to go about three hours <laughs> anywhere. So 
closest Walmart is Grant's, so we have to drive like two and a half hours for that. So I guess more opportunities out there. See, and that's that's a really good thing to talk about because I know, like for me, that lifestyle and culture is really foreign, and so I don't. I always want to know how I can help or what I can do because I I don't know. It's it's totally foreign to me. So it's nice to hear from somebody else who knows because otherwise it's like you don't know what direction to go into, you know. So thank you for sharing that. I have so many questions for you off mic. <laughs> so I have a serious question, and Ryan always gets to ask this, and I'm really excited that I get to ask it this time because I never get to ask this question. All right, you ready? Okay. Red or green? Green, for sure. It's not a, it's not a question. <laughs> it's not a question. <laughs> Try again. Um, and then, okay, so if you're going to have good green chili in New Mexico anywhere, you're not at your mom's house, you're not at your grandma's house. We have to say that because everyone would say, oh, my grandma's house. Your mom and grandma don't count, <laughs> or your auntie for that matter. Restaurant or somewhere else, where do you go to get the best chili? Max. Uh, Max La Sierra over at uh, Coors in Central. I like going there. That's one of my favorite places to eat in Albuquerque. I've been eating there since I was like six years old. So almost, what, 13 years now? So that's great. And so what do you order when you go over there? Because I've never been there. It's on my list. I still have yet to get up there. What do you get? I usually get the uh, steak fingers. So it's the meal. So it's like steak fingers, fries, and then they bring you salsa and chips. So that's pretty good. And then second question, what makes good green chili? Like, are you about the heat? Are you about the flavor? I, this, is, this is such a New Mexico question because I feel like for everybody, it's a little bit different. So what makes a good green chili to you? I like the flavor and I guess the heat because when it's not hot, it doesn't really have, or you can't really say anything about it. So I like when it's hot, like especially at Blake's, especially toward like a uh, Farmington area. I like their green chilies toward that way. It's pretty good. Blake's is still the reigning champion on this podcast. Every time, every time, hey pup, every time we ask anybody about chili, it's always like, they'll say a restaurant, but then it's always like, but, but also Blake's. <laughs> like, they're like a different, they're in a different category, like on their own every time. So it's just really funny that Blake's is like, yeah, they're still the reigning champion of green chili in New Mexico from everybody that we've talked to. So I wanted to give you a chance to shout out your business one more time. Shout out any other local businesses that you think people should follow or check out um, and let people know how to get a hold of you again so they can support your business and kind of help you out. Uh, I'd say, or for mine, it's different breed customs again, like on Instagram. And then if you want to have the periods and all that it's different period breed period 05 and then for some people i would want to shout out it's uh reclaim designs they're on instagram as well and then um i call him my little brother because he's one of my or he's pretty one of my good friends it's uh duke city heat over at cottonwood mall and he's also on instagram and i'd say um uh, unfortunate throwaways he's one of my friends that we play basketball with so He's one of those vintage sellers, so he's pretty cool. Well, Tristan, thank you so much for meeting with me. I know it was supposed to be me and Ryan. I'm going to give him so much crap about this later, by the way. And if, if you guys want to give him crap on Instagram, feel free. I'll pass it along to him. <laughs> he's supposed to be here. But thank you so much for meeting with me and talking with me and sharing your business because it's so exciting to kind of see what's coming in the future. And I'm excited to see where you guys go. So thank you. Yes, ma'am. Hey, Albuquerque, and thanks for listening to What's Up ABQ, Albuquerque's very own podcast. Every week, Ryan and Lindsay talk to the people who add unique flavor and make a positive impact to our fair city. We help point you to the places you need to see, visit, or patronize. And to do this costs some time and resources. 
So, without sounding too needy, could you help us out by pitching some funds our way? You can drop some bucks in the tip jar by donating at whatsupabq.com. And if you know about a local business or establishment that should be featured, or you own one yourself, drop us a line at abqwhatsup at gmail.com. Again, the website is whatsupabq.com, and the email is abqwhatsup at gmail.com. We've also got a few sponsorship spots open, so get in touch with us soon to reserve your business's time on the show. What's Up ABQ is produced by Lindsay and Ryan with post-production assistance from me, Paul Nixon, at paulnixonvo.com. Make sure and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Tell your friends about us, and thanks for listening.